Hey everyone, I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea, episode 55. We come to you from Mokinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Sutina Nations, the Iyahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. The sources for the show today, MPH Online, or MPH online.org, cdc.gov, worldhistory.org. So, you may have noticed that this is, once again, a Solo Peter episode. No one would blame you if you stop listening now. Um, it's it's interesting that you can see the title of the, the episode, although I do like to think that some people just, like, put their finger over where the title would be, like, nope, I'm not seeing it. I'm waiting until these guys do the dramatic reveal uh, a minute 15 into the show. Um, but you, you may see if you don't do that from the, the title that we are doing Pandemics today, which was initially our plan. Um, and then Kim uh, fell ill with the current one that we are still living in, kind of, I suppose. Um, so she's fine. She's feeling great now. Uh, but because of that, she kind of fell behind on a whole lot of other things that are going on. Thusly, uh, the week off last week and now this week, it's just you boy, but um, be certain that she is doing well and that uh, we'll be back to normal, normally scheduled programming um, sooner rather than later. But yes, we are doing pandemics today, running through uh, the, the worst 10 of them. I don't know if this is actually the worst 10 or if someone just came up with a list of 10 or to be perfectly frank while I'm doing this, I don't even know if it's 10, uh, but it's some and we're going to go through them uh, now. Um, so... Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, downloading and for listening and for sticking it out with me until this point. Uh, so let's read about gross diseases that people have had over the last 2,000 years. Uh, going to go in, uh, I think I ordered this chronologically. Let's find out together. We will start in 165 uh, CE. The Antonin Plague, sometimes referred to as the Plague of Gallen, erupted in 165 CE at the height of Roman power throughout the Mediterranean world. It had, or it was an ancient pandemic that affected Asia, Egypt, Greece, and Italy, and is thought to have been either smallpox or measles, though the true cause is still unknown. The first phase of the outbreak would last until 180 CE, affecting the entirety of the Roman Empire, while a second outbreak occurred in 251 to 266 CE, compounding the effects of the earlier outbreak. It was suggested by some historians that the plague represents a useful starting point for understanding the beginning of the decline of the Roman Empire, which, holy shit, reading that out loud makes you think about the country that's a little bit uh, south of us. Uh... Also, it, I mean, basically leads to its ultimate fall. Among the more common symptoms, boy, I'm going to love reading off the symptoms of this thing, uh, were fever, diarrhea, vomiting, thirstiness, swollen throat, and coughing. More specifically, Gala noted that the diarrhea appeared blackish, which suggested gastrointestinal bleeding. I... That's gross. Um, the coughing produced a foul odor on the breath and an ex... Man, why didn't medical people just name shit normally? Exanthema, skin eruptions, or rash. Oof. Over the entire body, uh, distinguished by red and black. Oh, my God. This I, I did the research for this and just reading this back. It's, ugh. 
This unknown disease was brought back to Rome by soldiers returning from Mesopotamia around 165. Those infected suffered from the illness for roughly two weeks. Not all who caught the disease died. Those who survived developed immunity from further outbreaks. Based on Gallen's description, modern researchers have concluded that the disease affecting the empire was most likely smallpox. Those are, or there, now, there are conflicting reports about how many people died. The debate is focused on the methodology methodology of how they came up with the actual numbers. The Roman historian Dio Cassius um, estimated 2,000 deaths per day in Rome at the height of the outbreak. In the second outbreak, the estimate of rate of death was much higher, upwards of 5,000 per day. In the end, over 5 million people were killed, and it again decimated the Roman army. So we are off to a great start with this. The one thing that I was fascinated in and didn't really get a whole lot of answers on any of them. One of them is still kind of ongoing. Well, I shouldn't say kind of. One of them is definitely still ongoing. We'll get to that at the end. Um, I was kind of interested, like, how did they end? And none of them really say that. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Eventually, like, the herd immunity thing that we were kind of shooting for here. Um, I, I was kind of... Because, like, back then, you're not dealing with modern medicine solutions or any medicine solutions. It's just a lot of, like, I don't know. Have we tried killing them? Ah, oh, people still have it? Ah, oh, that didn't work. All right, well, have we tried burning a witch in sacrifice? Still no? Okay, well, whatever. Um, so, like, it's it's amazing to me that they worked through some of these things with a, a black eruptions on people's bodies and somehow came through of it and we still had, like, whatever we're calling a society today. Uh, so that's just the first one. The second one is the Plague of Justinian. Thought to have killed perhaps half the population of Europe, the Plague of Justinian was an outbreak of the bubonic plague that affected the Byzantine Empire and Mediterranean port cities, killing up to 25 million people in its year-long reign of terror. The means of transmission, that sounded weird, the means of transmission of the plague was the black rat, which traveled on the grain ship and carts sent to Constantinople as tribute. North Africa in 8th century CE was the primary source for grain for the empire, along with a number of different commodities, including paper, oil, ivory, and unfortunately slaves. Stored in vast warehouses, the grain provided a perfect breeding ground for the fleas and rats, which were crucial to the transmission of the plague. Procopius, in his Secret History, described victims as suffering from delusions, nightmares, fevers, and swelling in the groin armpits and behind the ears. Procopius recounts that while some sufferers lapsed into comas, others became highly delusional. Many victims suffered for days before death, while others died almost immediately after the onset of symptoms. Procopius, dis, uh, his description of the disease was almost, or almost certainly confirms the presence of bubonic plague as the main culprit of the outbreak. He laid blame to the outbreak on the emperor, declaring, now this is funny, we go from, like, the... Not super scientific. We're talking about a coma. Um, but we're talking, like, this guy is diagnosing things. Like, oh, these are the symptoms. That This is, like, okay, these are all the things that we are dealing with. And then... He laid blame for the outbreak on the emperor, declaring that Justinian to be either a devil or that the emperor was being punished by God for his evil ways. So it's like, hey, we're getting so close to actual medical things or whatever. It's like, hey, what causes? Oh, well, you know, it's because that motherfucker is the devil. It's like, oh, 
You can see why it took us a while before we got like modern advances in medicine or anything like that, because we we're worried about devils and witches and whatnot. Oh, uh, where was I? Generally regarded as the first recorded incident of the bubonic plague, the plague of Justinian left its mark on the world, killing up to a quarter of the population of the Eastern Mediterranean and devastating the city of Constantinople, where at its height, it was killing an estimated 5,000 people per day and eventually resulting in the deaths of 40% of the city's population. And then apparently we were just plague-free for a while, or, you know, just a couple of minor ones. And then we get into the Black Death. From 1346 to 1353, an outbreak of the plague ravaged Europe, Africa, and Asia. But aside from that, everyone was fine, with an estimated death toll between 75 and 200 million people. Thought to have originated in Asia, the plague most likely jumped continents via the fleas living on the rats, there's those rats again, that so frequently lived aboard merchant ships. Ports being major urban centers at the time were perfect breeding grounds for the rats and fleas, and thus the insidious bacterium flourished, devastating three continents in, his way, in its wake. Look, I am all for uh, the, the ethical treatment of animals and um, all of those sorts of things. I really feel like at some point we probably should have taken a good hard look at how necessary rats were just in the entirety of everything that we are doing here. Like, I, 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 like there are rat traps out there. Like, the, there, there isn't a real big pro-rat push out there. But I do feel like around this time, like you get the first one, the, the bubonic plague, because a rat had a sleepover and some grain popped up in a different place and killed 25 million people. That was in 542. There's still rats today. Now, again, we've advanced a touch, but even from here, the 1300 years, you'd think someone would have looked at the rats and been like, hey, I don't know if we can trust those guys. Just a thought. Uh, the next one is the third cholera pandemic from 1852 to 1860. Generally considered the most deadly of the seven cholera pandemics, which I'm sure is how it's actually pronounced. Um, you know, it's, it's like the, how Tokyo Drift is like one of the best of the Fast and the Furious movies. Same things with uh, cholera outbreaks. The third major outbreak of cholera in 19th century lasted from 1852 to 1860. I already said that. Like the first and second pandemics, the third pandemic originated in India, spreading from the Ganges River Delta. Sorry. I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing a bunch of stuff on here. Uh, but for tearing through Asia, Europe, North America, and Africa, and ending the lives, uh, lives of over a million people. So again, just four continents. Don't worry about it. Uh, British, Ooh, wow. British physician John Snow... Um, yeah, that Jon Snow. While working in a poor area of London, tracked cases of cholera and eventually succeeded in identifying contaminated water as means of transportation for the disease. Unfortunately, the same year as his discovery went down as the worst year of the pandemic in which 23,000 people died in Great Britain. So now we skip ahead uh, not even 30 years and we get to the flu pandemic, uh, pandemic, sorry. Uh, originally the Asiatic flu or Russian flu, as it was called, this strain was thought to be an outbreak of the influenza A virus subtype H2N2. Um, I already made a Fast and Furious joke earlier, else I definitely would have there. Though recent discoveries have instead found the cause of, uh, cause to be the influenza virus subtype H3N8. I mean, how do you mess that up? The first cases were observed in May 1889 in three separate and distant locations. Oh, damn. 
uh, Bukhara in Central Asia, Turkestan, Athabasca in Northwest Canada, and Greenland. Rapid population growth of the 19th century, specifically in urban areas, only helped the flu spread, and before long, the outbreak had spread across the globe. Though it was the first true epidemic in the era of bacteriology, and much was learned from it. In the end, the 1889-1890 flu pandemic claimed the lives of over 1 million individuals. Which I'm sure, it is just a great, um, d does their hearts good, or I guess did their hearts good. It was... 200 years ago, uh, or 100 years, 100 and a bit years ago, not 200 yet. Anyway, rambling. Uh, I'm sure it made them feel good. That I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, you missed your loved ones and stuff, but think of how much we've learned. Probably doesn't help too much. Uh, our next one is, we've skipped a couple, but we are now back with the sixth cholera pandemic. I know you were worried that you weren't going to hear me butcher the pronunciation of this thing one more time. Like its five previous incarnations, the sixth cholera pandemic originated in India, where it killed over 800,000 people before spreading to the Middle East and North Africa, Eastern Europe, and Russia. This was also the source of the last American outbreak of cholera. American health authorities have learned from the past quickly sought to isolate the infected and in the end only 11 deaths occurred in the US. It's almost like with some of these things um, isolating for some time may actually help things. <clears throat> if this were a video show I would do like a Jim from the office style look up at the camera thing now. Uh, by 1923 cholera cases had been cut down dramatically although it was still constant in India and as we know there's seven of these bad boys so there's at least one more that, uh, that pops up. I, I think we, on our list here, are done with it. And by the way, I counted while we were doing one of these. Um, I, I only put nine on here, so... Sorry, if you feel cheated by that. 1956 to 1958, the Asian flu was a pandemic outbreak of influenza A of the H2N2 subtype. This, this time, no teasing with the H2N2. That This is... This was the, the genuine article. It originated in China in 1956 and lasted until 1958. In the two-year spree, Asian flu traveled from the Chinese province of... Oh, damn. Uh, Guzhou to Singapore, Hong Kong, and the United States. Estimates from the death, poll, uh, death toll sorry, of the Asian flu vary depending on the source, but the World Health Organization places the final tally at approximately 2 million deaths, 69,800 of those in the United States alone. A decade later, a Category 2 flu pandemic, sometimes referred to as the Hong Kong flu, the 1968 flu pandemic was caused by the H3N2 strain of the influenza A virus, a genetic offshoot of, again, the always popular H2N2. From the first reported case on July 13th, 1968 in Hong Kong, it took only 17 days before outbreaks of the virus were reported in Singapore and Vietnam, and within three months had spread to the Philippines, India, Australia, Europe, and the United States. While the pandemic in 1968 had a comparatively low mortality rate at 0.5%, it still resulted in the deaths of more than a million people, including 500,000 residents of Hong Kong, approximately 15% of its population at the time. And now the last one on our list. First identified in the Democratic Republic of Congo in 1976, HIV AIDS has truly proven itself as a global pandemic killing more than 36 million people since 1980. 
1981. On June 5th, 1981, the CDC published a report in the MMWR describing requests for a drug to treat a deadly disease called PCP. Um, there's the actual name for it, but there's no way I'm getting it right. I had trouble with cholera. Um, in five previously healthy young men in Los Angeles. After reports, or after the report's publication, health officials also noted a spike in cases of something called KS among gay men in New York. Health officials were alarmed that outbreaks of both PCP and KS, which were rare, deadly diseases associated with immune suppression, appeared in the same part of the population. From the very beginning, investigators thought the problem was most likely due to an infectious agent that could be transmitted through sexual contact, although some speculated that recreational drugs or other environmental factors could also be causes. In late 1981, cases began to be seen in injection drug users who were heterosexual, suggesting a pattern of infection that could be transmitted through blood. By early 1982, health experts were concerned that transmission through heterosexual contact, transmission to newborns, or transmission through the blood supply could be next. These predictions came true. Transmission through the blood supply was confirmed uh, confirmed sorry when immunosuppression was reported in three people with hemophilia representatives from the CDC other health organizations other scientists and representatives from blood banks gay rights organizations and hemophiliacs met in Washington DC to determine ways to prevent the transmission and develop guidelines to screen blood supply. Um, obviously, this is before my time, born in 1989. Um, but you hear people talking about this at that time. And it's just, it's this thing that, like, people kind of had an understanding of, but people were really, really afraid of it. And it led to, obviously, a lot of unhealthy, um, I guess, views on um, gay people, which, I mean, even today, we are seeing, uh, it doesn't take much to nudge people over that line, but it really just kind of justified a lot of negative behaviors in that way, and it just, it had a lot of people very scared, like, what am I going, like, how, how could I get this thing, what, what do I do to avoid it, do I just not, like, have any sexual relations with anyone, do I not do da 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 right? Um, like, it, it really had a mental toll on people, and again, as we've seen in the current one, it's not like people just default to the best settings all the time on that. Uh, CDC issued guidelines for health workers providing care to AIDS patients and for labor laboratory technicians performing tests on potentially infectious materials from AIDS patients. The recommendations became known as universal precautions and included wearing, uh, wearing gloves when exposed to blood and other bodily fluids, which I will say, um, good that we came up with that. Feel like that could have been something we got to a little earlier than 1982. Right? Like, it just seems like, oh, well, someone's bleeding. I best put my bare hands on that. I don't know. Just seemed weird to me. Regardless of what that, that person may or may not be dealing with, I, I believe I'm a perfectly healthy person. I don't even want to touch my own blood with my skin. So... I don't know. Just a thought. Um, to, to, again, far from the only um, situation where someone was... I guess, um, kind of villainized for this. Uh, but one example is in 1985, Ryan White, a teenage hemophiliac living in Indiana, con uh, contracted AIDS from a blood transfusion. 
Parents in his community feared he would expose their children to AIDS, resulting in Ryan being barred from attending school. In 1986, U.S. Surgeon General C. Everett Koop issued the Surgeon General's report on AIDS. In it, he called for a comprehensive program of sex and AIDS education, urged the widespread use of condoms, and dispelled myths that HIV could be spread by mosquitoes. Which, now, because it's been dispelled, sounds, I don't want to say laughable, because nothing about the situation is all that laughable. Um, but... Like that's that that's what people were kind of living with at the time, where it's like, if I get bit by a mosquito, am I going to get this thing that just boom automatically kills me? And you, you see a lot of it too. With um, like obviously the most uh, prominent one, I suppose, is um, Magic Johnson, who uh, announced that he was retiring from the National Basketball Association after being diagnosed with HIV. And then when he came back, there was a lot a lot, a lot of trepidation around players on his team, players playing against him, fans, officials, like everyone. Some people had some sort of a, I don't know if this is good, because there was just that there was no understanding of this. Like, we had, that this was basically brand new to a lot of people, right? Like, the very first, um record of this was in 1976 and then in the states it's in 1981 so this is still like 10 years old by the time magic johnson is dealing with this people just had no idea what they were dealing with it's like, oh fuck if i get bit by a mosquito guess i'm going to die it, it was just it, it seemed like this absolute craziness that was just overtaking people um at the time what is going on in here <laughs> oh just a podcast it's all that's it? That's yeah, all? Yeah, that's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Good for you. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Look at this, a little drive-by right at the end of the show. Oh, heck yeah. Great. Yeah. Real fun topics we're covering today. Yeah, honestly, I was going to barge in here and yell at you, and then I heard you um, say Magic Johnson, and I was like, oh, maybe it's not the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I know the story there. Yeah, I don't know where you were when I was talking about black diarrhea, but uh, now here we are. Yeah, you miss out, you know. Would you get t-shirts made? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> no pro pro probably not. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope everyone's enjoying this episode. Another Peter Klein especial. Yeah, I, I hope so too. Whoa, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I can't wait to learn a thing or two. Me too. I've kind of zoned in and out like a bunch of times. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, well, good luck. Finish her up. Take it yeah, home. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Kim Carson, everyone. Woo! Audience <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Currently, there are between 31 and 35 million people living with HIV. The mass, uh, vast majority of these are in sub-Saharan Africa, where 5% of the population is infected, roughly 21 million people. As awareness has grown, new treatments have been developed to make HIV far more manageable, and many of those affected go on to lead productive lives. Between 2005 and 2012, the annual global deaths from HIV AIDS dropped from 2.2 million to 1.2 six million which is still way too many uh but it certainly does seem like big big strides have been made in this but it is certainly one that we are still living with um to this day so that is the show uh thank you everyone for tuning in uh, remember rate review subscribe wherever possible and uh yeah you heard there kim is feeling a whole lot better and we will be back uh talking to you guys hopefully about much happier subjects next uh, next week all right talk to you later bye